Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner, and we're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Jesse Roberts, founder and CEO of Cheeky's Brand, as well as the author of Backroads Boss Lady. Welcome to the Speakeasy, Jesse. Hi. So, all right, um, let's, let's let's tell people what your brand is. I mean, obviously, you're out in New Plymouth, and you and I I know a little bit about. I read that you started with like six purses or something, and then somehow <laughs> turned into this multi-million dollar brand that's one of the fastest privately owned companies and and in, in America. So crazy. That's quite the story, and yeah. I, I'm just dying to hear it. I think when I was little, my dad used to do these knife shows and he would give me like one thing and he'd go okay this is all you have to like trade with and I'd go and like trade up and trade up and trade up okay that's what that sounded like (laughs) (laughs) you started with six purses yeah Yeah. so it was kind of like that but there's a whole lot more to the journey than just that (laughs) I think uh most people probably may not even know where New Plymouth is yes I know that when I lived in the Treasure Valley like when I lived in Boise and um Eagle to me, New Plymouth was definitely not on my radar. Mm-hmm. So right. um, if you don't know where New Plymouth is, we're about seven miles inside the border from Ontario, Oregon. So we're mm-hmm. pretty close. Okay. But I do feel like I have to tell people that because yeah, they don't right. know. Right. So like we're really close to Payette yeah. and uh, Fruitland. Okay. <laughs> and so you were, because um, I think you're from the South, right? I am. Right. I'm actually a Texas native. Okay. But um, I moved up here around 2000, Mm -hmm. and I really loved Boise. And I know that it, it, I don't say it exactly like a native, so I think that gives it away. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I came up here, I feel like I was tricked because they had me come up in April. I grew up in West Texas, and even though Texans, like, really, really love their state, I had not ever seen anything as beautiful (laughs) as Boise in April. I mean, there were so many trees and so many flowers. And I was just like, yeah, like, I want to, I want to be here. Like there's cool things in the background. Like you guys have scenery, you have mountains and stuff. So yeah, I lived up here in the Treasure Valley first. And, um, and then I ended up moving out to the sticks of Idaho. Right. (laughs) And so, and then somewhere along the way, the way you said, I'm going to start something. Have you done any retail before? Like, is there any so past experience with my that? my background is, um, and you learn a lot about that in the book. Okay. You're going to have to make sure you get a book. Backroads and Boss Lady yes, coming out March 5th. Yes. Um, but my background really was in uh, the car business. My grandparents were plumbers. So I hadn't ever gotten to have a very feminine, fun kind of job and uh that's what I thought I was like hey you know what I want to do something girly and um we had a very very small nest egg um right around seven thousand dollars it was all that we had um which sounds super huge and super small at the same time so like it sounds like that's a whole lot of money to start a business but it really needed a couple of more zeros behind it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I did start out with only six purses, but I definitely had a bunch of other things, um, tutus and jewelry. And I really thought I was going to run a tanning salon. Okay. I know, right? This was a while back, so don't judge. But um, all of the retail sold like within like the first week or two. And I was like, all right, I think maybe... 
I need to shift gears here. Okay. And I actually ended up selling the tanning beds to purchase more and more retail product. Mm. Um, and it kind of grew. So were you just putting it on Facebook or just putting out, you had a website that you. So I was one of the people that were blessed enough to start with Facebook when Facebook really kind of started, Mm. um, when they started allowing business pages, uh, way back when you didn't pay for any of that stuff. You had, um, I think in the beginning you had fans, Mm. um, and then you had followers and then they turned into likes. And, Mm -hmm. um, so my business really did grow on there. It was kind of cool because I just made friends with everybody that came in. And so what would happen is, is they would post something on Facebook and then they would, uh, you know, their, their friend in Mississippi might see it or something Mm. like that. And Mm. then they would ask like, well, will you ship to somebody? Yeah, you know, I'll use the post office and it just spider webbed. Hmm. Um, we never purchased followers, which is kind of crazy because most of the girls who started around the same time I did, they have millions of followers. And even though we have a lot more than most, um, our engagement is where our strength is. Uh, we only have about 500. 400 and something thousand followers, Mm -hmm. but our engagement rivals that of pages like Cabela's Wrangler, you know, some pretty big companies. Yes. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, we just made a purpose of making sure that everybody felt welcome. Hmm. I, you know, Texans are kind of funny. They love big hair and they love that experience. I mean, they start really great food chains and, you know, like all kinds of great businesses develop in Texas. But I didn't grow up wealthy, so when I couldn't afford to go to a lot of those places. Mm-hmm. I wanted to create a place that people could come in and still have this super cool experience, but actually afford to buy something in the place mm-hmm. when they left. And we just carried that into everything. You know, we have, um, I think a lot of companies call it a mission or they call it a, you know, a statement or whatever. Ours is considered our queen bee role. And that is that we make a genuine, authentic connection with everyone. So we do that in everything that we do, whether we're designing something for people to wear and we want to make sure that it actually fits and it is functional and it's affordable and it's still awesome mm-hmm. or whether it's how we respond to them on Facebook. We have two girls that work pretty full time and all they do is reply to people on Facebook so that um, every comment that is put on our page, if it's at all possible, we reply to them. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's something that doesn't happen at the the big chains, right? No, no. no. That's why we, yeah. I think we have that engagement. Yeah. You know, um, we love doing stuff like this. And so it, we created a community that actually sells stuff. So yeah. it's like we have all these girls that have become friends and close. And yet um, we use the products to monetize and help pay for this community that we've created. So tell us about your products, you know, for people who are unfamiliar, haven't been (laughs) on your website yet. I will tell you, um, it's a little bit of Idaho and a little bit of Texas kind of pushed together. Okay. Um, We do have a really large following in the South. Um, I would say that it's got a Texas attitude, but it's paired back a little bit because of the outdoorsy, like 
real down to earth vibe that we have here in Idaho. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty freaking sassy. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not afraid to speak our mind, but we also have lines that we don't cross. Um, and most all of this stuff really works for girls that are the girl next door, the rural girl, you know, um, women who aren't afraid to work and, um, you know, they, but they still want to be attractive and still feel good about what they're wearing. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we do have things that say like, don't BS me, darling. I gave you the radio version of that. Right. Um, you know, we have a shirt <laughs> with a, a chicken on it and, um, it's a hen and she's got a little sassy look and it says, uh, you know, mother clucker and <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just, right. We ride we, the line. I like yeah, it. We do. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a good time. Um, but in the same token, we have shirts that um, are beautifully hand-drawn. Um, a lot of our product is hand-drawn mm -hmm. um, that say, you know, haters going to hate Proverbs 9-8. So mm -hmm. we do, um, I guess the best way to describe me is I love Jesus, but I do cuss Mm -hmm. A little or a lot. <laughs> and I'm not afraid of drinking a cold beer. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and beyond. We are who we are. <laughs> right. And then beyond, and beyond the, the shirts, what, what other products? So the shirts are really what kind of started us. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, because I was doing rodeos and fairs and, you know, little events. And what happens is everybody had the same things. And so I was like, I want something different. Hmm. Um, I also learned very quickly that the majority of the items were not designed by my market, hmm. not to sound racist or anything, but a lot of Caucasians are Western. Hmm. And these items were being designed overseas by people who did not ride horses, did not have cows or, you know, chickens. And so things were not always anatomically or, you know, physical. They weren't correct. Okay. <laughs> you know, like horses might not have manes and the, or they might have no front legs. You know, like I don't even understand how they thought those animals worked. But... <laughs> I wanted to create products that were different mm -hmm. and were authentic, mm -hmm. you know, that um, people could look at it and go, yeah, that girl gets me, you know, like she knows what she's doing. Um, and if I don't know what I'm doing, I go find one of the other chicks that does know what she's doing and I have her, yeah. do, you know, look at it. Right. Um, so we started out with the shirts. Then we started branching into jewelry. We actually do more jewelry than we do anything else. We oh, wow. sell a ton of jewelry. Um, and we have tea towels, friggin' home decor, and how, and how you do you, name it. And how do you, so like, where does the jewelry come from? Is it you guys manufacturing? So, like, yes and no. Somewhere? So, okay. it's kind of cool. Um, when you read in the book, I... Um, I have dealt a lot with feeling like an outsider. You know, um, I, did, I wasn't actually born in Texas. I was born on an Air Force base. I didn't get to, I, I moved a lot and mm -hmm. at times we were homeless. So I wasn't really the cool kid that people wanted to hang out with. And then um, when I moved here, you know, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Idahoans that don't like people from other states. <laughs> <laughs> so I always kind of felt like an outcast. And 
Um, I decided a long time ago when developing my business that even though I do care a lot about locals, I care about humans. And so I work specifically with people that I love and that I enjoy, no matter what country they're in. Um, so our jewelry comes from all kinds of different countries. Most of it is designed by small business jewelers, designers, and artists in um, Texas, Idaho, um, Oklahoma. Um, we also have some great artists in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. um, it's really nice because women have a hard time earning income in Venezuela, so we're actually able to provide that for them. Um, we have items that are manufactured in Korea and China, um, Mexico, Pakistan, um, India, you name it. And uh, that has really been the biggest joy in my business is I love the manufacturing and importing side of it. Um, it's not the most glamorous, but it's really, really fun for me. And I love learning about all of those different cultures and schedules and and how are you finding how are you finding these small businesses well what happens is a lot of times when i see somebody who does something great um i just start a relationship mm -hmm. you know i'm really big on relationships i don't feel like when you meet somebody you're just like okay we may never see each other again mm -hmm. like I want to have coffee with that person. I want to get to know them. I want to find out what can I offer them? Because if I give to enough people, then suddenly they're like, Hey, can I do something for you? Yeah, let's, let's collaborate. Let's do something. Mm -hmm. So, um, if I find a jeweler that's doing a great job, she may be a leather worker or a stamper. Um, I just start talking to her and say, Hey, you know, can I knock you off? Like, can I make a mass produced version of your beautiful stuff and pay your bills for you? And they're mm -hmm. like, yes, I would love to pay my daycare <laughs> and make, you know, $500 on this one piece of jewelry instead of the 60 that I'm getting for it now. Right. And um, we love giving credit to them for that. And sometimes uh, we change those and some, you know, I've had girls that have done that for me for years and I have new girls, you know, um, everybody's life changes. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. never know how long you get to be in that life. And mm. then I didn't take, we're not interested as a um, answer okay. when I went to a lot of shows. Mm. Um, there is a huge wall between um, Koreans and Americans when it comes to distribution and importing. Um, a lot of Koreans are actually Korean Chinese or Chinese Koreans, however you want to say that. Um, and so they have their own distribution process, which is super cool and interesting. Um, and I was just like, Hey, I'm the white girl and I'm here to participate. Like I just started showing up at things and becoming friends with them. And I was like, I want to sell this stuff too. And so it just took a lot of time of, you know, not going anywhere mm -hmm. and just, um, continually asking and um, building and developing and, uh, and it's, it's super cool how it turned out. Yes. And it, interesting. It's super weird. Like, even though most people are like, I don't want to know about, you know, that uh, stuff. Then as soon as they start hearing about it, they're like, wait a minute. Wh what is this world that's going on? I want to know about that. So. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Jessie Roberts. She is the CEO and founder of Cheeky's Brand. And the author of Backroads Boss Lady, which is coming out March 5th. It is. 
And I'm uh, super nervous. Yeah. So let's talk about the book. Because, <laughs> oh, let's do it. Yeah. Please. So what? Everybody are, wants to know about Cheeky's, but I really want them to know about the book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so let's 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 uh. Well, where are people going to find when they when they pick up your book? Well, you know, I was telling you, I did an interview yesterday, and uh, the gentleman I was talking to, he's like, "This was not what I expected." Like, he's like, I thought I was going to get this how-to book. I thought it was going to be this, you know, small town girl overcomes these, you know, little hurdles and she moves to the big city and then she goes back out to the country. And um, that's not what the book is. It is super weird. I, I did not anticipate writing a book. I didn't ask to write a book. Um, a book agent actually found me. Um, and said, I think you have a story that would really work. People like me don't normally write books. You're normally connected or rich or you have, you know, um, there's always, I feel like some drug element, you know, like I overcome a addiction kind of thing. <laughs> That's not to make light of that because it is really um, a struggle. But I always feel like sometimes like, is there a book out there? for mom and pop, you know, is there a book out there for a person who just, um, is normal, regular, went through like really bad stuff, but you know, um, so that's what the book is about. I guess that was a long answer. Uh, the book is a book about my life. It is a memoir. It mm -hmm. is, um, an inspirational book. It does address um, a very tragic childhood that I had. Mm -hmm. um, there were definitely drugs in it. They just weren't me doing them. Um, I uh, talk about domestic violence, um, working with women who deal with domestic violence. Uh, this book is really, it was a true journey for me. I did not, I thought I was writing a business book, mm -hmm. like when I started, and it it definitely is not. I mean, you can certainly get some really cool tips and tricks and stuff like that. But if you need something that will help you figure out how to feel content in the life that you have and yet still be driven to do other awesome things, then this is a book for you. And I'm glad you and I, I like that message because a lot of times I find the people that who are the most content or the most happy or whatever way you want to define that that state of people who are self-engaging in some sort of struggle on purpose like you know yeah. they're, they're going after something right. they're climbing something that's a good and, point and um and so a lot of times people think like there's a finish line with that and really there's no finish line like yeah because if you do reach some sort of goal and you don't have other ones to follow it mm -hmm. up then you're kind of feeling lost again and the happiness so the sinks. way i yeah. explain it is is that it, it's kind of an adventure, right? Or I feel like people put themselves in this race, right? You've got this race going on and you're, um, the problem with a race is there's an, there's an ending, right? There's a finish line, but they're not enjoying the run. Like it's not a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's, Hey, let's enjoy the workout, getting prepared for the race. Let's actually enjoy the view as we run. Like, uh, don't be afraid to stop and take somebody along with you. And, um, and so uh, people are always like, when you get into business, you know, like it's meant to like sell the business, let's move to the next step. But that's not what it is for me. Like for me, it's like, Hey, you know, so do you have kids, Mike? Yes. All right. You ever had anybody tell you 
don't wish away the little years, you know, like they'll, they won't be little forever. Of course. So that's how I feel about life in general and the business. You're like, why wish away the time where you get to discover a new logo or a name or the new building or like, stop wishing that I just wish it was designed and built already. Like that's a super cool process. So don't wish those things away. And, um, and I think a lot of people mistake contentment with complacency. You don't have to be complacent if you're content Mm -hmm. and you can still be driven and do lots of cool stuff. By the way, it is really hard to say stuff instead of the other S word. Um, (laughs) But I am doing that for you. Thank you. You're doing a great Uh, job. Yes. But you don't have to, you don't have to wish all that away. You can actually just enjoy it Mm -hmm. and still be wanting to do other good things. I love it. So, um, the, and the book helps you do that. Yes, right. Okay. okay. And it's called... <laughs> and pre-order it, for yes. heaven's sakes. Right, like, right. I really want to show New York that somebody in freaking little teeny tiny town in Idaho can actually be on their bestseller list. And yeah. the only way we can do that is if people buy the book. Love it. And it's called Backroads Boss Lady. It is. Yeah. It should be like Jesse's compiled book of mistakes and ways to avoid painful situations. Yes. But, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and for people who are listening that are curious about um, your brand and haven't checked it out yeah. yet, the website is Cheeky's Boutique. Cheeky's Boutique.com. You can follow us on Facebook. We're yeah. live all the time, so you can actually see what we look like and talk to us. And, um, what, we, what's your operation look like out in New Plymouth? It's super cool. Like when you drive by, you have no idea because okay. we've like put reflective glass or, you know, coating up and that way it just, you know, people aren't seeing all of this stuff behind the scenes. Um, but it, it's pretty neat and you should come out. Like, okay. don't be afraid. Like <laughs> I'll take you to lunch at <laughs> one, one of the two places right, in town. Say. <laughs> so, um, but it's, uh, it's four buildings in a row, um, a warehouse we have, um, we're trying to get the downtown to handle the power load that we need. Currently our massive press is at my home in a shop that we had built and put power out there for it. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of crazy. I call it a little anthill and we're just all going in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's a uh, pretty awesome. And if you want to meet us, we are doing a book signing at Barnes and Noble in Boise oh, um, you... on March 5th okay. and, uh, it'll be launching there. I'm super excited Okay. and I'll sign some books. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, um, it's exciting. I'm sure to have a book coming out. It's kind of surreal. Right. Like yeah. I got the first hard copy today. Okay. Myself. Mm. So, I mean, I've had other like versions of it and, uh, but the real book is actually landed and going out to the stores now. So they'll, and they'll be out of course, March 5th, but, and, um, uh, pre-order and, you, and you, <laughs> I mean, you, met, you mentioned this, but you know, it kind of forced you to go and revisit the past that you might have not easy. put way behind you and have to re, uh, open up those doors. I imagine that was extremely difficult. It was. Um, the luckily my co-writer, who's amazing. Uh, most people have a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose to um, push my co-writer to actually be on the book with me because I didn't feel like it was fair for people to think that I could do that on my own. Um, it took 
other people to help me. That's why I'm starting to get comfortable asking people to buy the book because I can't make it a bestseller on my own. I can't buy the copies that it takes. You know, I have to ask other people to Mm -hmm. believe in me. And um, so that was difficult. I would definitely say the Audible was even more difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I had processed and worked through so many things and my co-writer would like I would tell him a story and I'd go let's not put that in the book and he'd go I am definitely putting that in the book and then you're gonna read it and you're gonna tell me if you're okay with it and I was like oh you know like I I it lost a lot of sleep over the book and I'm nervous you know because it's scary to let that many people know I mean it's very real it's very raw but the Audible, um, you know, I was blessed enough to get to record it in town at the Tonic Room, and um, they were amazing. And uh, it is, there's a lot of tears and uh, laughing, and so you know that's not typical for an Audible. Right. So I definitely give a precursor to let people know, mm-hmm. like I had to do this myself for you yeah. guys. I I love the. Um, I love the fact that to, with the audiobook, you know, when I've heard once or twice, extremely rare, and I've listened to a lot of audiobooks, when the the author's reading their own book and you hear their emotion percolating. It's very it, it's much like it's that like, way. oh wow. It's just, and it, I yeah. I actually recorded the so it took me almost a week to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um and at the end I um I told them beforehand, I was like, I really want to give like an author's note at the beginning. And they were like, okay. And then when I got done, um, my director and everything, because he had to help me from New York and he worked, it was just a super cool process. He's like, okay, are you ready to do that? Do you have something written? And I was like, no, I'm just going to wing it. And he's like, all right. And I, I tell people, I'm like, just so you guys know, like my voice is going to crack. Like I'm a human I am going to do the very best that I can, but you should know, like, this is me. Like, I'm going to give you, I'm giving you everything. And so I'm really excited. I think it's, um, is the audiobook available on the fifth as well? It is. Okay. And it makes me teary eyed because it's just like, it was a huge accomplishment for me to be able to, you know, it's one thing to write your word and, um, people create a voice for you in their head. But when you actually voice it, it's scary again, you know? (laughs) It's, I put myself on front street. (laughs) Hey, literally, like no pun intended, Mm -hmm. we're on front street. (laughs) So, yeah. So I... um, I hope that everybody can feel what I put into the the book and the Audible. I imagine so. I mean, I, I, I recent, recently was writing a story about my past, and I, I was writing a different story, and then I realized I was writing the wrong story, and there's something else was top really? of my head that I was yeah. I was actually buried it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I decided just to write it out, and I was in a Starbucks. And actually, you know, I'm just like weeping uncontrollably. And you're like, what? And I'm that is weird guy happening? in the corner. Yeah. yeah. And, I was just, and it's just like, like, I'm that weird guy. And I was trying corner. to hire the best I could. And it was it's so and, hard. And when you just go into those old, you know, yeah. those old memories, I didn't realize that was even there. You forget yeah. some of it. Yeah. You know, like, I even sat there and I was just like, wow, I cannot believe that happened. You know, like, 
what was I thinking? And how did I make it through that? And, you know, I think that people who have been through real tragedies, sometimes um, I, I hate that cliche of if I can do it, you can too. But it's the truth. Like, if I can make it through some of the things that I made it through, like, other people are capable as well. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you, you've written a story like this, that you've shared your story, because what happens, I think a lot of times people see somebody who's got a multi-million dollar yeah. business, right? Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, oh, they're just, well, they're just, they're better somehow. They're, yeah. they're smarter. They've had a yep. better you know, they had they things had handed to them. People gave, yeah. helped them go to college. They helped right. them fill out applications or, or whatever. paid for it or anything. Whatever, whatever it is. And yeah. then, so you, then you, when you can hear the full story, you can see and you realize, oh, they're just like me. And like they, yeah. they had, they had, you know, they had this similar hardships or, or worse. And, and therefore. And that's okay. Yeah. And there, and then it, it kind of is inspiring because you can see, all right, they're not superhuman. Right. Right. They're just human. They are. Yeah. And I appreciate you bringing that up. It is, I know that there are a lot of people that are going to read my book and they have not been through some of the terrible things that I've been through. And that's okay. Their pain and their struggle is just as real to them as mine was to me. And I want people to be able to go, you know, like, Maybe I'm looking at this different. Maybe I need to, um, maybe I need to like kick myself in the butt. Maybe I need to like get rid of that toxicity. Um, and I also think that you don't have to have the worst story in the world to have had some pain or to know that you need help getting over something. So, I think there's a lot of things that people are going to be able to take from the book. It isn't written specifically for that woman that wants to go open a business. Um, As much as I wanted the book to be written for both men and women, um, my publisher kept saying, men don't read books. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) women are readers. So write this for the girls. Um, I, (laughs) so it is written towards women, but it's been so cool to get the um, feedback from men that read it because the the feedback from men is so strong. Like they're just like, this made me realize so much about my spouse. It made me realize so much about myself and my gender and what we do and how we act as men. Um, and and that was that's so cool and empowering mm-hmm. to to know like, if I could get more male readers, that would be amazing. I would love for them to give me their reviews. Awesome. Yeah. I'm scared of reviews. But, well, and I mean, who wouldn't? Be? Right. And so, I'm like, hey, anybody want to judge me? Yeah. Here's 300 pages on how you can. No, my, <laughs> my wife is an author. She, she has she learned is? to, to oh. not, not look at reviews. You, I've you been know. told not to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, the good ones are. Totally right. awesome, but you could have like fifty awesome ones. But if you read the one bad one, somehow that one has a tendency. The to good like news is with a co-writer yeah. who has sold millions and millions of copies of books. He's oh. a very, very accomplished writer. Hmm. Um, if there's a bad review, I'll just be like, "Brett, you did a really bad job on that part." Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll be like, I can't believe you made me sound that way. <laughs> just kidding. He's so awesome. He sends me raw, raw emails, and he's like, "You've got this," because. I, he's like, Jesse, I feel like you're hiding the fact that you want people to buy the book. You know, you give them a quote or you give them a piece of 
you know, inspiration, but you're not like, Hey, could you just pre-order the book? And I was like, I feel guilty. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I, how do I let these people know just what work has gone into it and that it can change their lives without having let anybody read it? You know, it's, um, that's a scary thing to try to sell something that is scary in and of itself, you know? So I am, I am doing my very best. You're my (laughs) first trial. I think I've done a good job. Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. (laughs) So, and I, and I love the fact that you were able to get through the audio book because, you know, some people, you know, might buy the book, but don't really get around to reading it. Love and people love to listen. I, and so I, I often will buy both um, yep. just because um, I have good intentions with this or I am driving a lot. Yes, and so, me too. And so it's nice. Sadly, to, Audible yeah. purchases don't count towards bestseller lists. What? Isn't that lame? It is lame. So lame. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, but, they, uh, but, but it is I'm great. a huge they, Audible fan. Yeah, And I wanted to do this as... Um, a gift to the audience, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, people are like, gosh, are you making a whole bunch of money? And, you know, actually I make way more money running cheekies Mm -hmm. than I do on this book. This book became my work. Like it became my artistry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure you know a little bit about that because of your wife being Mm -hmm. an author, but Mm -hmm really and truly that's what it became to me i i want so bad to be able to help other women and people in general and i don't have the ability to do that one-on-one with everyone so i thought if i can formulate a way for them to look at this and have their own moment with me that's private then um a book is the way i can do that Mm -hmm. love it well, Jesse, I, I know the... Um, Your wife's going to have to read the book. I, I'm sure she will. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but your your entrepreneurial story is quite amazing. Thank uh, you. And, um, and so for, people, for the people listening who are an aspiring entrepreneur or... Um, what what kind of because you know you, you mentioned you made lots of mistakes I'm yeah. sure you got lots you of want lessons. some advice yeah right okay. so like let's share some advice with okay these, these folks so originally that's one of the reasons I wrote the book just okay. so you know like, right I wanted the book to be this book for entrepreneurs because as I did all this research and went and looked and tried to find my own books to read I would open up these books and there would be stuff in them that made no sense to me or I didn't have the resources for, like I couldn't go, you know, like I didn't have all of the stuff that they might have in a big city to be able to do something. And so for me, it was like, I want something that works for like regular old entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. like the people that are every day turning the lights on, figuring out how to have enough money to turn the lights on, to make sure the lights still turn on, you know, cleaning the toilets, doing the actual work. Um, And so that is probably what really inspired um, the talk that I gave at the summit. So this was a a boutique event with about four to 500 boutique owners. We had, um, I had really researched what they needed Anytime I speak to an audience like that, I try to get an opportunity to see like 
what do they need? Like, what can I tell them? There's like a million different topics you can talk on, Mm -hmm. but what ultimately is that core thing across the board that everybody's looking for? And so one of the things that I had seen over and over was please don't tell me to just work harder. You know, I think that's a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs, um, hear from other successful entrepreneurs is they're like, you know, if you just work hard, you'll get there, you'll be able to do it. So I spent the first portion of this talk, the one that, uh, I had, you know, 10 minutes preparation for, I was actually working before I went, um, the talk was given in Dallas and there's a huge wholesale district in Dallas. I had been on a panel earlier in the morning and wore a dress Um, I changed out of the dress to go work and I was just like, why am I going to change again and try to convince these ladies that that's what they should do? Like we're here working, like who cares if I'm in jeans? So I actually got on the stage in jeans, maybe flip flops and a t-shirt with the neck cut out. Okay, that a girlfriend of mine had put some bling on. So I at least had some sparkle, right? <laughs> I probably had a side pony because mm-hmm. that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. And um, I just told him, I said, you know, the first, uh, I think that, you know, why your hustle isn't doing it is actually a two-part question. Um, the first part is, is what is hustling to you? Like, what is success to you? Do you, th- like... I know you're a realtor as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully my accent didn't. Do people say realtor or realtor? People say both things, but okay. you know, you the, the snobby realtors, realtors just say it like that's that. That's weird. Right. Because that's, that's kind of, super weird. Because right, that's how it's spelled, right? <laughs> we need a shirt for you that yeah, right. says like realtors. <laughs> yeah, I know. But no one, no one pronounced it. Most yeah. normal day people do not pronounce it I'm going to say realtors. Yes. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. We, it's like we're throwing an extra, you know, vowel yeah, in there. I but am. That's I what, love it. That's what the entire country does. Yeah, so. it's extra. Yeah, so I'm right. just going to be extra. Yeah. Okay. So what defines a realtor at, see, it's going to be hard to say now. What defines a realtor as successful, right? Do you have to be number one? Do you have to, you know, like, luckily in your industry, there are reports that tell people who actually is number one. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of industries, there is no report. There's just what other people say they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so that comparison game becomes so prevalent and people are always like, I, you know, like, how did she start her business six months ago? And she's already doing a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a month, you know, and then people just start adding zeros everywhere you turn around. It's like, suddenly she's doing a million dollars a month. And I was like, what do any of those things have to do with you? Mm -hmm. You know, like you think you, I mean, you're working hard, but are like, why have you convinced yourself that you're not working as hard as that girl, right? Or that you're not as successful? I mean, are your babies fed? Are you getting to go to plays? Are you getting to do the things that matter to you in life? Um, are you paying the bills? Cool. You're, you're doing all right, you right. know? So I think the first part of that whole cliche saying is, you know, are you actually should you be content? Right. 
Kate, um, mm-hmm. and driven at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then the second part is um, I asked the girls, I said, do you think that there is something um, called a boutique block, like writers have writer's block? And they were like, yes, you mm-hmm. know, because maybe I could ask you, Mike, do you feel mm-hmm. like there could be something called, you know, a realtor's block? I guess, yeah, right? No, I don't it's, know. No, it's, but your initial instinct is to say that. Oh. And that's why. I and I don't really believe in writer's block that much. No. Right. It, yeah. The thing is, is that we convince ourselves that we need some inspiration. We need mm. something to guide us or to tell us or to lead us. When um, really and truly the person that needs to do that is probably you. And um, oftentimes girls will come to me and they'll say, I've been trying so hard to get my numbers up and I'm doing all this stuff. I'm writing my blogs and I'm, you know, I'm taking better pictures and I'm, you know, doing this stuff, but I just can't seem to sell anything right now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, how about instead of doing all that other stuff, you just sell, like just focus on what makes the money today. Right. Don't do anything else until you sell something. And so that's why I use the reference of the UPS driver. You know, he doesn't get up and ask for inspiration. He doesn't need Facebook to give him a quote. He doesn't need, you know, to have his wife support his dreams as a UPS driver to deliver the packages. He gets up, he makes sure that his machine is running well, his truck is doing well. He loads the packages with a team of other guys and girls. Um, (laughs) And he gets out there, he has a route that he follows and he delivers the packages no matter how bad the weather is. (laughs) (laughs) I totally got that. Sorry. But no matter how bad it is, he does the job that needs to be done. And so we started this whole campaign of WWGD, which is what would Greg do? Okay. <laughs> but it's what would your UPS driver do in that situation? Mm-hmm. You know, um, would he stand around for 20 minutes and complain with the barista about something or, you know, at the water fountain or water cooler, I guess they have now? Right. Um, or would he actually just, you know, be back in the truck, moving to the next place and getting the next thing done? And so um, not only do we convince ourselves that we're not hustling, but sometimes we convince ourselves that we are. (laughs) Right. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. So it's just really that self-evaluation. Like, are you comparing and are you working? You know, no one cares. Work harder. Yeah. So. Yeah. And actually do what you need to do. Right. Because I think a lot of times people avoid the thing that they know they really need to do. Mm And they do everything else first. I tell people all the time, instead of making a list of the things that you need to do, um, especially when girls come to me and they're struggling and they're like, I just can't seem to like get everything done. I, you know, I feel like there's just a mountain of stuff to do and I don't know what to do next. You know, I have all these lists of to-do lists. I tell them, okay, take all those lists, move them to the side. I want you to make a new list and I want you to write down everything you did yesterday. Okay. So that you can actually look and see what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, 
you can get real and say, I probably avoided, you know, like, you're like, I, you know, these kids, I've got to make them lunch and stuff like that. And then I have to do the laundry, right? I'm just going to put it in like a, you know, regular old Saturday perspective. And you're like, you don't like laundry, right? Nobody wants to do the laundry or fold it. So instead of a regular lunch, you decide to make the Tajma mother hall of lunches for the kids. Mm -hmm. Today, they get little cookie cutter sandwiches because that takes more time and you don't have to do the laundry. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the list of yesterday, you still just made lunch. Right. You know, so you kind of have to evaluate whether you're really the one thing that is standing in your way. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and, it's, and I like what you said of being self-aware because, you know, sometimes it's okay to take a couple hours to make lunch if that's what's bringing you happy. Yes, yes. absolutely. And so it's like, again, not comparing to other people, but... Yeah. If you're gonna complain about time, it's okay. But let's just evaluate it and make sure. And that if you spent this many time you with do. your family, and then if that awesome. number is great for you, great. Yep. You know, um, and if you know you could have done the same thing in a shorter amount of time, great. You learned that too. Yeah. And so I like that perspective of it doesn't matter what other people are doing, but understand what you are doing. Right. Yeah. And and you can look at that list, and it could have so much on it from yesterday and you're just like wow you know like i did accomplish so many things but they weren't necessarily the things that i wanted to accomplish or needed to accomplish and so you can start evaluating which ones of those things are going to be a priority to you yeah. you know not every person i run into is interested in uh, focusing their time on being a better wife or a better mom um or you know like you have to find you and you have to figure out what works for you. If you're just tuning in, I've been speaking with Jesse Roberts. She is the CEO and founder of Cheeky's Brand. Her website is cheekiesboutique.com and she's got the book that's coming out. You can pre-order it now. Yes. Backroads Boss Lady. And uh, we've been talking about it. It sounds super amazing. Just hearing a little bit, you know, of your story, it's uh, makes me want to learn was so it, much more. Was it what you expected it to be? Because yeah. I think that's like yeah. the key is like, I want people to be surprised. So is it what you thought the book would be about? No, no, I, it's not. <laughs> I, it's not. I, I thought it was going to be about your business. Yeah. 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 Well, well, the introduction starts with, is this a business book? Okay. Just so you know. Okay. And I tell them it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and so I'm looking forward to uh, reading it and, um, and I hope people, you know, uh, you know, continue to follow your story because you're, you're doing Thank such you. amazing stuff. Thanks. And again, you can find a Cheeky's brand, a Cheeky's brand on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's you know Google Cheeky's, right? Yeah. Okay. Super easy. And and then the, the book is called Backroads Boss Lady. Yep. And uh, wow, super fun stuff. Thank you. This is a good time, Mike. All right. Thanks. Well, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, for those who are tuning in again, it's Mike Turner with Idaho Speakeasy. We do this every week. So tune in between three and four, and we'll see you back real soon.